Hello, I'm Dr. Jim Taylor, and welcome to Episode 5 of my Crisis to Opportunity podcast. The topic today is Reaction versus Self-Possession. Continuing our focus on the impact of instincts on our reactions to a crisis, in this episode, we'll explore how whether we react to a crisis in an instinctive and knee-jerk way, or we respond to a crisis with self-possession, deliberateness, and intention. A defining feature of how our amygdala responds to threats to our survival is its immediate, reflexive reaction, regardless of the degree to which it is unfocused, undirected, or ineffective. Our amygdala and its accompanying instincts, quote-unquote, believe that any reaction is better than inaction, which, back in primitive days, was very likely true. However, such mindless reactions are not so effective in the 21st century, with the obviously different crises that it presents. As such, the evolved quote-unquote instinct of self-possession will set the stage for your adoption of an opportunity mindset that is better suited for the crises you will face today. Our survival instinct produces automatic reactions that preclude a calm, thoughtful, and measured response to a crisis. This reactive instinct produces instantaneous and often urgent changes in us because the threats we faced in primitive times were immediate and life-threatening. Our autonomic nervous system activates rapid emotional, psychological, and physical changes. Emotionally, we feel either anger or fear intensely. Psychologically, our senses are heightened, and we're able to make instantaneous decisions with minimal thought, because in the past, if we took too long to figure out what to do, we would be beaten or eaten. Physically, we get a shot of adrenaline, our heart rate increases, blood flow is diverted to essential parts of the body, we experience greater strength and stamina, and our tolerance to pain increases as well. Without these essential changes, our forebears would have died, their genes wouldn't have been passed on, and we wouldn't be living in the 21st century. All these changes that we experience when our instincts tell us that our life is in danger coalesce around what is famously known as the fight-or-flight reaction. To increase our chances of survival, we've learned through evolution that we must either fight or flee the threat. When we feel anger rising inside of us and the adrenaline coursing through our veins, we attack the threat, like a rival tribesman back in the day. In contrast, when we feel fear overwhelming us and our heart jumping out of our throat, we run away from the threat as fast as we can, especially if back on the Serengeti 250,000 years ago, that rival tribesperson had a really big club. Yet, these instincts are seldom effective in today's world, where crises are rarely immediate, simple, tangible, direct, or readily solvable. Let's consider an example of how the fight-or-flight instinct often exacerbates rather than resolves many crises that we're confronted with these days. For example, you learn that you didn't get the promotion you had expected. Your primitive instincts are triggered, you feel threatened because it jeopardizes your career aspirations and your financial future. Being passed over for that promotion also threatens your deeply held perceptions of yourself as being highly competent and productive. It also challenges your belief that you're a likable person with whom others enjoy working. Your spontaneous reaction kicks in and you either fight, that is, you storm into your boss's office in a rage and threaten her life, or you flee, that is, you leave the office in tears and never return. Clearly, neither of these actions will help your long-term professional or financial survival. From the Dalai Lama, when we meet real tragedy in life, we can react in two ways, either by losing hope and falling into self-destructive habits, or by using the challenge to find our inner strength. Thanks to the teachings of Buddha, I've been able to take this second way. Given the very nature of crises we experience today, I hope I've convinced you that involuntary reactions based on your survival instinct will not likely serve you well. 
Instead, your best bet in mitigating the impact of your most base and outmoded instincts and establishing an opportunity mindset is to create in yourself the quality of possession. Self-possession is a word people use periodically, always in a very complimentary way in describing someone. Yet, an informal survey among some of my colleagues indicated that few could adequately define it. So, to ensure clarity of meaning, I define self-possession as having full command of one's faculties, feelings, and behavior, and control of one's emotions and reactions when under stress. I can't think of a better description of how you want to be when you experience a crisis. Moreover, it is the antithesis of everything associated with the activation of the amygdala and the instincts that are unleashed. Only the complete authority over your thoughts, emotions, and actions that self-possession affords us will be sufficient to resist those instincts and replace them with measured thought, feelings of calm, a sense of mastery, and deliberate action. Ultimately, this combines to result in an opportunity mindset. To fully illustrate the value of self-possession in dealing constructively with a crisis, it's useful to understand the origins of the word. The Latin derivatives of self-possession are to hold in one's control, be master of, having power, and interestingly, to sit. These roots of self-possession have particular relevance in this discussion related to crises. These attributes of self-possession allow us to do several things that are essential for adopting an opportunity mindset and constructively responding to crises in our lives. Though much of crisis to opportunity is devoted to the steps I'm about to describe, I will summarize some key features of this process related to self-possession. From William Ernest Henley, a poet and author, I am the master of my fate. I am the captain of my soul. So what are some of those key features? The first is control. Let's begin with the first derivation of self-possession because it lies at the heart of embracing a new set of evolved instincts that lead to an opportunity mindset. Whereas we often feel like victims of our base instincts, self-possession gives us the ability to gain control over our minds and our bodies. It is this mastery that allows us to think, feel, and act in ways that constructively meet the demands of today's crises. Taking control when a crisis strikes is no small feat because you have millions of years of evolution urging you to act now and with urgency. There's no easy answer to how to gain control of your primal urges when your mind and body are telling you that you must take action now. Yet, through awareness and self-control, and many of the strategies I'll discuss throughout this podcast, you can exert dominance over your amygdala and squelch its automatic instinctive reactions to a crisis. The second feature is pause. The second origin of self-possession to sit is precisely what our primitive instincts prevent us from doing. I need to act now and I'll, or I'll get eaten. Yet, it is exactly what we need to do when confronted with a modern-day crisis, because habitual reactions simply will not work with most crises we face today. There may be no more important thing you can do when faced with a crisis than to pause. Your ability to stop before you act on those primordial instincts prevents a torrent of psychological, emotional, and physical changes that impel you to act in ways that will only hurt you in responding to most modern crises. This break should involve some sort of distancing from the crisis. Either physically, for example, get as far away as you can from the source of the crisis. Psychologically, that is, do something that distracts you from the crisis. Or emotionally, that is, do something that produces emotions in opposition to the crisis. Rarely has damage ever been done when you walk away from a modern-day crisis briefly and then return to it later with a calm heart and a cool head. Another key feature is to reflect. 
Once you've hit the pause button, you are now in a position to take the next step in using an opportunity mindset by reflecting on the crisis before you act. In sum, reflection involves one, considering its impact on you, two, identifying the key aspects of the crisis, three, gathering pertinent information, four, seeking relevant counsel, and five, evaluating the various options available to you. The final key feature of self-possession is deciding. After weighing the options that you've identified and determining the different forks in the road that lie ahead, you can then make an informed and calm and deliberate decision about the road that will result in the best possible outcome. As I'll discuss later in my podcast, self-possession plays an important role here because decision-making is difficult in any complex situation, particularly in a crisis that is fraught with uncertainty and emotions. The confidence and calm that comes from self-possession enables you to be as emotionally detached as possible and to ensure that information, experience, and reason override your primitive instincts, emotions, and reactions. From Voltaire, the French philosopher, each player must accept the cards life deals him or her. But once they're in hand, he or she alone must decide how to play the cards in order to win the game. I'm Dr. Jim Taylor, and thanks for listening to Episode 5 of Crisis to Opportunity. And be on the lookout for Episode 6 in the near future.